one and all, and welcome to Film Fragments, a podcast where we take fragments of an actor, director, and genre and tell you our favorites from their catalog. My name is Brian Suffield, I'm your host, and I'm very excited to welcome you guys to this week's episode of Film Fragments, where today we're going to be talking about our favorite Best Picture winners. The 95th Oscars are right around the corner, we're just a couple of days away from seeing what films take home the biggest prizes in Hollywood. I am excited, but I am also incredibly scared to see how the night is going to turn out. But right now, we're going to be talking about our favorite Best Picture winners from the past. We have 94 films to choose from, so this was not an easy list to make whatsoever. But I'm very excited to share you guys this list, and I'm also excited to welcome today's guest. It is such an honor to welcome the incredible Luke Harefield to Film Fragments. Hello, Luke. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm so, so excited to have you on. And before we get into talking about our topic, I just wanted to ask you this question. What do you think is going to win Best Picture at the 95th Oscars? Well, it feels more and more with each passing day like it is going to go to everything ever all at once. I'm one of these people who is literally on the edge of my seat, like crossing my fingers and limbs, like praying there isn't this last minute upset, like... Because everyone's so confident and cocky that because it's, it's won so much and it's like, oh god, if it stumbles at the last hurdle when we all really want to see it win, I'm just gonna be so upset. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm like cautiously predicting um, everything, every all at once. Uh, it's what it's what I want. It's what my heart wants. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not saying like oh yeah, it's got it in the bag. It's an absolute lock because it's cocky, it's arrogant, and uh, yeah, I would. Much rather just go into it, you know, just cautiously optimistic. So, yeah, that's my predicted winner. Yourself? Yeah, I believe everything everywhere is going to take it home. Yeah. I mean, it's like every single day, like you said, pass by, and it seems more likely that everything everywhere is going to be the victor at the Oscars. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if they decide to choose something else. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me one bit, but I'm pretty confident that everything everywhere is going to take it. Now, let me ask you this. If Everything Everywhere does not win, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to take the award? My feeling would be Banshees, just because it's heavily nominated and it's kind of like a nice, even though it's like not an uplifting movie, it is quite a crowd-pleasing movie. It's one of those movies mm-hmm. which I think will do pretty well on a preferential ballot. So, yeah, I feel like it'll be a ranking in most people's like. One, two, same three, here. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same here. I think if everything everywhere somehow does not take home the award, I think it's going to go to Banshees. Yeah. And like, it's a great movie. Like, it is. It's not my favorite movie. Like, I do want everything everywhere. But, you know, if it does win, oh, even though I will be a little disappointed if everything everywhere, like, it makes sense in a way. Like, it's, and it wouldn't be like necessarily a bad winner. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. And, you know, before we get into our topic today, I actually just want to ask you a few questions about yourself. So talk a little bit about what you do. Talk about your journey with film and why you love it so much. <laughs> well, yeah, just uh, where do we begin? <laughs> I just like most people probably listening in just, you know, developed a passion uh, for cinema at a young age and just love watching movies. It was it was my escape. It was my uh, my one true love. So, yeah, um, at, at uni, I just uh, really got into, like, discussing films with fellow like-minded people. And then um, after I moved to London, uh, a friend of mine suggested I started a YouTube channel and um, just had an outlet for 
talking about movies and stuff and award seasons because that's what I love doing. Uh, and so yeah, here I am all these years later, like I'm working as a freelancer uh, film journalist, but as a blogger as well and just talking about what I love doing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. No, and your content is so, so good. It's so consistently entertaining. It's so informative at the same time. I always love when you throw popcorn at the screen at the end. I don't know how you manage to do that every single time, but it's a very unique way of talking about movies. And yeah, it's just such an honor to have you on here today as someone who's loved your content for I don't know when I came across your content, maybe Venice 2021. Yeah. I remember when people were seeing Dune and I was like, oh, look, a review for Dune. And then I watched it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this Luke guy, he's pretty cool. So <laughs> I'll you. subscribe. You're, you flatter me. Thank you, darling. Yeah. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. And now today, as we talk about our favorite Best Picture winners, what to you makes a great best picture what makes a title deserving of the best picture title that's a great question um what makes a great best picture winner um i guess really you just want to have something that stands the test of time but also has a point of view or something to say like um and this will come up when we discuss the top five as well it's just like the ones that really make a best best picture winner are the ones you know that have something profound to say or just expertly well executed or just have the ability to like move or transport you or I don't know open your eyes to a different perspective as well. So yeah, um, yeah, what makes a best best picture winner? It's uh, it's. I guess it's something you want that's something that's crowd pleasing, but you know, has something to say. Yeah, you also like to think about the impact that the best picture winner is going to have because there have been some best picture recipients that really have been forgotten. Like as soon as they went best picture, nobody talks about them anymore. But then every once in a while, you come across a best picture winner that is going to be talked about for the remainder of time. I mean, I'm not going to say the top five films on my list, but. I feel like all five films that I put on my list are films that still get talked about to this day, yeah. not just as best picture winners, but as films in general. For when sure. you talk about some of the best films of all time and their respective genres and everything, these are five films that are talked about nonstop. And to me, a film doesn't have to win best picture to be great. There are many films that I love that weren't even nominated for best picture at the Oscars. Um, yeah. And it's very rare where my favorite film of the year even wins Best Picture at the Oscars. I could tell you right now, without spoiling anything, there's only been one film in my almost 25 years on this planet where my favorite film of the year won Best Picture. Yeah, And I'm not going to say what it is because it is on this list, but that's the only time it's ever happened in my lifetime. And I'm like, well, there were times where it was so close but yeah, I mean, I get excited, of course, to watch the Best Picture winners. I will admit that I haven't seen every single film nominated for Best Picture. Neither have I. I've definitely I haven't seen half of them. I don't even think I've seen half of them either. But there's just so many to choose from. And I do like how some of them are drastically different from one another. There's some that are like, yeah, that seems like a Best Picture recipient. But then sometimes out of left field, a certain film wins. And you're like, oh, 
I definitely did not expect the Academy to reward this film their highest prize. Yeah. But I'm very excited to go through our list. I'm very curious to hear what your top five Best Picture winners are. And I just say without further ado, let's get into the list. All right. So, Luke, what is your number five favorite Best Picture winner of all time? Okay, well, I'm going to go really far back for my first one. Uh, and number five, um, I've got Michael Curtis's uh, seminal classic, Casablanca. Yeah, this one. When I think of like Best Picture winners, this one is just it's one that transcends like so many things it's it's timeless it's influential it's heavily quoted to this day it's just you know a masterpiece of filmmaking which is fascinating when you learn about the um the production of this film and how they were still writing it as they were filming it like they were still trying to finish the movie like writing it whilst they were filming it it's it's kind of bonkers it turned out the way it did and is now is like this seminal film that is used to you know teach aspiring filmmakers how to structure a film how to composite a film how to direct a film it's yeah it's really something very special and it just holds up so well to this day i love casablanca that's right outside my top five that is an absolutely wonderful film i remember when i first saw it when i was in high school and i was just so floored by what i was witnessing the writing the directing the pace and the acting mm. everything just really knocked my socks off i love it so so much and i cannot believe that it's about to turn 80 years old or just celebrated its 80th anniversary if yeah. i'm not mistaken that's absolutely insane to yeah. believe that, that film is as old as it is it's wonderful a film of that age still is enchanting audiences to this day like young it, people like, absolutely absolutely magical. yeah and, and and there's some films that came out that many years ago that you can't really say are still finding a way of impacting viewers, but that one just finds a way of doing so very yeah. beautifully. Absolutely. And going into my number five, I'm going back to the 60s. I'm going to go with Billy Wilder's The Apartment. It's oh, my number five. Um, I What I love so much about my list is that each film is a different genre. So this is a rom-com that took home the Best Picture Award. Now, this is actually not my favorite Billy Wilder film, it's probably my second favorite from him. Some Like It Hot is definitely my favorite Agreed. film from him. Yeah. Um, but this one, man, I just watched this recently, uh, probably about two years ago for the first time, and I was so, so in love with it. Um, it's charming. It's quirky. Uh, there's some great um, dramatic tension to it. Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon are incredible together and separately. They give fantastic performances. I love the romance that blossoms between them, the suspense that's building up to it. Like, it's like, are they going to get together? Are they not going to get together? Like, what's going to happen? And Billy Wilder is a genius, in my opinion. Everything that I've seen from him, I literally have loved. Like I said, Some Like It Hot is fantastic. Sunset Boulevard is great. Double Indemnity is great. The guy knows how to write and direct. I He's just a genius, and there's really nobody like him. And for rom-com to win Best Picture, that's pretty cool if you ask me because yeah. you would think it's like some historical drama that wins. Or some, yeah, basically a historical drama. But the fact that a rom-com took home the highest prize in Hollywood back in 1960 is really incredible. And I don't know. I just find this film to be just, 
it's really great and yeah. it makes me laugh. I'm swept in by the romance and the two leading performances really are incredible. Jack Lemon is a comedic genius in my opinion. And then Shirley McLean, I mean my God, young Shirley McLean was stunning. Yeah. I will admit that I'm usually pixie cuts don't do anything for me but she, but she rocks the look so i'll let it slide but yeah i love love the apartment it's a fantastic film and it's also a great film to watch on new year's it's also become a great new year's film yeah so love it so much so the apartment are you gonna pass or is this not on your list it's uh not on my list uh i have to admit this i've never actually seen the apartment it's uh oh my god yeah but you've just sold it to me really well and i do like the fact that you know if it is a rom-com that's one best picture that makes it kind of special i love a, a movie that goes against the grain of what a typical best picture film looks like so exactly yeah. exactly yeah i will definitely have to check that one out though that's a that's it's so good you'll definitely love it it's it's so so good yeah <laughs> so it. so now going into our number fours was your pick yeah, so number four is a relatively recent pick for me. Uh, well, from the catalog anyways. It's only a few years old, really. But um, I have to go give a spot to Barry Jenkins' masterful Moonlight. Um, like this movie and its journey, even at the Oscars, was always kind of an underdog story. You know, just this little indie movie that, you know, really, really took off and... And yeah, people will always associate now with the, the whole envelope mix-up with La La Land. And, but I, I always found that was kind of poetic in the way that it won. Like, it's, you know, it's, it came out of the woodwork at the last second when it actually yeah. beat the big, you know, academy-friendly type movie about Hollywood. You know, this little indie movie about a young, um, poor black man wrestling with his identity and sexuality. Yeah, it's, it's really a film about you know, the outsider. And again, Moonlight was the outsider movie that year, but I'm just so glad it was embraced by the Academy because it's really not like what they typically go for. It's kind of a, a one of a kind in, in its win. And I would love to see more films, you know, like this uh, celebrated at the Oscars because yeah, it's when, when a film about, you know, a black gay man wins best picture, you know, everybody wins in that case. It's the first film that uh, had a full black cast to win best picture as well as an LGBTQ lead, okay? It was, you know, kind of a, a groundbreaking moment and it kind of made up for all the snubs of previous LGBTQ movies that came close. We came close with um, Brokeback Mountain, but sadly lost to Crash, one of those movies which oh. you know, people just roll their eyes at now and they think of it as a Best Picture winner. Um, yeah, it's one of those instances where I find the, the Academy did get it right even though I was predicting La La Land at the time, and uh, and part of me really wanted to win La La Land because I was enchanted by it at the time, in hindsight, it was absolutely the right decision. Because, um, you know, it's just a film that deals with some, so many important topics like poverty and oppression and drug abuse and bullying and homophobia. And it's just so exquisitely shot. Like, the imagery in it is evocative and it has such soulful music by Nicholas Patel and yeah it really is like witnessing cinematic poetry I've always called Moonlight like you're watching something more than just a film it really is like you're watching poetry on like coming to life on the screen and yeah it's just an achingly beautiful film that has a lot to say but it's also just you know 
an achingly beautiful love story as well. So yeah, Moonlight is very something very special, very unique, and um, that's why it's in my top five and number four. For you? M- Moonlight was literally my number six. <laughs> it was literally <laughs> my number six. Yep. Um, Just yeah, on the Moon- precipice. Exactly. Moonlight is really phenomenal, and I, like you, was thinking that La La Land was going to take home the award. And to be honest, if either this or La La Land won, I wouldn't have been angry one bit Same. because Same. these were two of my favorite films that year. Absolutely. Me too. And, you know, there was a hunch where I'm like, what if Moonlight actually does take home this? Because I could see the Academy going for this film. I could, I could just see it. Yeah. But I wasn't so sure. I was like... It's not going to surprise me if they don't go for it, but it won't surprise me either if they do yeah. go for it. And then when La La Land won it for like three minutes, we all thought like, okay, La La Land won Best Picture, time to go home. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, no, there's more. Um, Moonlight <laughs> won Best Picture, and I'll be honest, it was a more deserving win. Yeah. <laughs> I I just think the impact that this movie had is really unprecedented and it's a really beautiful film that like you said is like your witnessing poetry right before your eyes and everything about this movie is incredible i'm so glad you brought up that score because nicholas patel's score for this is so freaking good yeah that look even though Lawland's music is phenomenal in my heart i personally and this is a hot take i personally would have given this the best score oscar wow as well as was this nominated for cinematography i believe it was yes oh my god the imagery in this was so gorgeous it was like oh my god every shot is just like every single and i love the use of color in this movie yeah the lighting it's impeccable and the editing also is so so good but Mm. it did walk away with two other oscars besides best picture mahersha ali one best supporting actor rightfully so because that performance was arguably maybe the best performance of the year for me yeah and then uh the screenplay was really just beautiful 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 stuff absolutely and i'm waiting for barry jenkins to direct again i love that bill street could talk i love that um and i haven't seen um, the Underground Railroad, but I heard amazing things about that series. Yeah. But I'm really hoping that he directs a feature again soon because he's one of the best voices out there. Yeah. And I just love hearing recently of how supportive he's been towards um, Charlotte, Charlotte Wells, Wells with After Sun. Yeah. yeah. And you can really feel his guiding hand on her shoulder in that movie. You absolutely can. Yeah. And both those my films God. are like poetry. Yeah. yeah seriously. Sir- oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Moonlight is a great pick. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, I'll stand the test it's, of time. It's it one of those, something. it's one of those films that, like I said, it's one of those best picture winners that people still talk about to this day. Yeah. People still talk about Moonlight. And there's a reason why. Like, yeah. there's a reason why it's just so freaking good and i'm so glad yeah. that we got to talk about it today <laughs> my number four Hit i'm me. gonna go with on the waterfront yeah this is another film that i watched very recently for the first time um i feel that as a new jerseyan it's kind of my obligation to put this film on my list because <laughs> it is set in new jersey so i feel like i have to do that um but 
it's a really great crime drama, and Marlon Brando's performance, honestly, might be the best performance I've ever seen. Like, wow. it's one of the... It's one of the top five best performances I've ever seen. He is so, so good as Terry. He's a broken guy. He's very intimidating, but he doesn't know what he's going to be. There's that great monologue with him in the car where he's like, I could have been a contender. I could have been something. Instead, I'm a bum, which is what I am. I probably butchered that whole monologue, but <laughs> it's it's a really beautiful film. It's shot gorgeously in black and white. I think the writing is impeccable. Elliot Kazan's directing is really stunning, and the performances surrounding Marlon Brando are great, especially Eva Marie Saint. In her film debut, she is so gorgeous in this. Mm. She is alluring in this, and she's just so... You feel so much for that character, and... What I love so much about this movie is that you get this perspective of corruption through Lon Shoreman, and I'm like, I've never seen that before on screen, but man, it's like so, so good, and apparently it's based on articles that happened, and some some of the stuff happened, and the writer Bud Schulberg actually took elements of this based on a story that he created himself but i'm a sucker for crime dramas Mm. this is not your typical crime drama that would even walk away with the award for best picture this obviously is not the only marlon brando film to win best picture because about 20 years later the godfather took home the award for best picture which spoiler alert pains me to say is not on my list (laughs) um i love the godfather it's obviously one of the best films ever made but something about On the Waterfront stuck with me so much that I knew I had to put it on the list because it is a film that is still talked about to this day. Yeah. If you're going to school for filmmaking or acting, this is a film to study, and Marlon Brando's performance really is a great performance to study. There's so many layers through that character, and there's so much that he conveys through his performance, even when he's not saying anything. It's still so riveting to watch. Yeah. And this is a very inspirational film. It's a very influential film. It's been considered one of the greatest films of all time. There's so much to be said about On the Waterfront that has been said already. It walked away with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Oscars. Wow. It got three supporting actor nominations. And it also got nominated for Best Score from the great Leonard Bernstein, but and unfortunately did not walk away with that award, which is disappointing, but great, great film, truly. Um, yeah, I love On the War in Front. What could I say that hasn't been said already about this film? There's been so much that's been said over the past yeah. 70 years about this movie. I mean, this movie's about to turn 70 years old. It's crazy. God. It's so, so freaking good. And if you guys have not seen On the War in Front, you need to do yourself a favor and check it out. It's one of the best films that I personally have ever seen. So, on the waterfront, are you going to pass or is this not on your list? Uh, yeah, this isn't on my list, afraid, mate. Yeah, but it was really nice hearing you talk about it. I think you covered it all. Just passion, passion, passion. It's so good. It's yeah. just it's 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 just so good. I <laughs> I remember when I watched it like at the height of COVID and I'm like, how have I not seen this movie until now? Yeah. I was so disappointed that, I mean, I feel like everybody has those movies that 
all these film geeks saying about and celebrate and then you're like oh i haven't seen it but then you watch it really late and you're like oh my god what did i do to myself that was me with goodfellas just a few months ago it was like what yeah i hadn't seen goodfellas and yeah until like yeah <laughs> oh my god last year yeah it was like i didn't know what i was depriving myself of yeah but wow then i watched it and i was like okay I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Ugh. that's a great that's a great one. That Everyone's got should... some blind spots though, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Goodfellas should have won Best Picture. I'm just saying mm. that right off the bat. Yeah, I have no idea what it was up against that year, but Dances was... with Wolves took home the award that year. <laughs> wow. Choices, Academy. Choices. Yeah, weird choices, weird choices. <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They don't so always now, get it right, uh, do they? Yeah. No, they don't. No. They don't, unfortunately. <gasps> Our number three is what is your pick? Okay. Well, uh, number three is just one that I find blissfully entertaining and I come back to so, so often. Um, it's a little black comedy from Sam Mendes called American Beauty. Yeah, I just, I love this movie. It's just so easy to watch, but, you know, so deliciously enjoyable as well. It's this bleak little satire about, you know, the supposed American dream. Um, and yeah, for it's, all, it's about those that, you know, have the white picket fence life, but, you know, aren't actually happy, you know, living in suburbia. Mm -hmm. Kevin Spacey is our lead as, a, uh, as Lester and he's having like a midlife crisis and he's looking for liberation and freedom <laughs> from his... A domesticated life which is like castrated him and he's trying to woo his teenage daughter's friend Angela and it sounds really creepy and it is in a way but it's also really fascinating to watch I, I never get bored of rewatching it because and I think the themes are still like pretty universal and timeless so they're still relevant today it's about like materialism and family and the fractured American dream and sexuality and like what it actually means to be happy. Um, and yeah, there's a, so many bits in it which have just like cemented itself uh, in like, cultural iconography. Like there's the brilliant moments of like the fantasy sequences where with the rose petals and you're seeing Mina Savari on, you know, on the ceiling and all the rose petals are falling down. You've got that lovely plinky plonky score in the background. And then of course there's the um plastic bag blowing in the wind scene you know and that's the thing like it's it's a, it's a film with like complex themes it's prevented with this really i don't know shiny sheen of like there's a veneer of happiness and it just sort of looks at the darker side of it and i think yeah it's just very entertaining very quotable so many great bits in it and the acting is just top notch and yeah, it's it's a movie I find myself going back to, yeah, plenty of times. I think I've seen it at least seven or eight times, yeah. Yeah, American Beauty is a very interesting film for me because, like you said, the fact that it's a satire, that you would not think that a film like this would even win Best Picture. No. So the fact that it took home the award is, like, still very shocking to me. Yeah. But I do think that the film is so, so well-written, it's so well-directed, so well-acted. The fact that it was Sam Mendes' directorial debut and he walked away with the Oscar for Best Director for his first film yeah. ever. I mean, that's that's a rare thing now. Yeah. We don't, you don't get... You don't see that happen these days. No. no, we don't. And, you know, 
very rarely now we even get directors nominated for the directorial debuts. I mean, we've had a few over the last few years, like Jordan Jordan Peele and Greta Gerg both got nominated for the directorial debuts. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte Um, Wells couldn't pull off, could she? No, she couldn't. Or Sean Heater. And she, the bloody coda went on to win Best Picture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that either. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. American Beauty. I know that American Beauty's legacy has been a little tainted these last few years with certain things going on Mm. outside of the film. And I'm not going to get into them on air, but I can recognize that this is an incredibly well-made film and the acting is great. And this movie is able to blend comedy and drama really, really well. Yeah. I mean, you're laughing one second and then the next you're like scared for your life. And, (laughs) you know, Kevin Spacey, he did walk away with the lead actor Oscar, but I'll be honest, Annette Bening should have won the lead actress Oscar. The fact that she didn't, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, this I love the bit where she just screams <laughs> being at the movie. It just makes me laugh every time. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> the dinner table sequence is my personal favorite I mean, sequence in the whole movie. It's a brilliant it's, scene, isn't it? Yeah, because like, nobody so wants good. to be there. And it's just like... No one wants to be there. No one wants to pass him Nobody likes characters. each other. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> resents each other. And yeah, oh, it's so good. It's just so awkward, but like deliciously awkward. Yeah. And then he just throws the asparagus at the wall. <laughs> yes. Don't, Another iconic moment in itself. Yeah. Don't interrupt me, honey. <laughs> oh my god. It's so Legend. it's so good. It's so good. And that screenplay, oh, Chef's Kiss. Yeah. And also the imagery, like one of the most iconic shots I think in film is her laying down in the rose petals and they're floating down on yeah. her. Like, oh my god, that's that shot still lingers in my in my mind. It's yeah. just so so good and yeah i american beauty is a great film um i can't tell you the last time i watched it but yeah it's it's really really great and even though there is controversy not surrounded the film itself but more so surrounding its star yeah i could still recognize that the film is really well made and there's a reason why i won best picture and you know, even though it doesn't get talked about as much as it used to, I still consider it one of those best picture winners that was talked about a lot. Yeah. Post winning the Oscar. Yeah, for sure. And my number three is a drastically different film from American Beauty. Oh yeah. I'm going with probably the most popular best picture winner. This film for a long time held the record for being the highest grossing film of all time. And this this is probably one of the, I would say, five Best Picture winners that film geeks and non-film people have seen. 1997's (laughs) Titanic, of Of course. course. Good Um, Titanic, 14 nominations, walked away with 11, Mm -hmm. including Best Picture. What could be said about Titanic that hasn't been said already? There's so much that has been said these last 25 years about this masterful, romantic, epic disaster film helmed beautifully by James Cameron and starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet in two of their finest performances of their careers. Titanic had a lot to live up to, and this could have easily been a flop, not just critically, but financially. The yeah. studios were so worried that this was not going to make its money back. And spoiler alert, this movie made over 2 
billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It was the number one movie at the box office for weeks. Yeah. For weeks, it was playing in theaters nonstop for months after months. And the fact that it took home Hollywood's highest prize is saying a lot. Titanic is obviously very popular amongst the mainstream audience, but it's also a very respected film by the cinephiles, the film geeks. And there's a reason why, on a technical level, this is a marvel across every single department. The visuals, the score, the cinematography, the editing, the costumes, the sets, everything is impeccable. I rewatched this film a little under a month ago. They did a theatrical re-release of this movie. Yeah. And just seeing it again on the big screen was just so euphoric and very special to me. And I kept saying to myself, this is exactly why we love movies. Yeah. The filmmaking that James Cameron presented is something that we don't get anymore, really, in blockbusters to where there's a great focus on the style of the movie, but there's also a great emotional heft on the substance. When we get a lot of blockbuster studio tentpole films, there's so much more of a focus towards the style, the look of the film, that you don't really care about the characters or the story. But this film, you care about the characters. You care about the story. You know the Titanic's going to sink, but you don't know what's going to happen to these two characters. Well, I mean, you know what's going to happen to one of them, obviously, but you don't know what's going to happen to the other. And you're still just so riveted by it, and everything about this movie is incredible. It makes me laugh. It makes me cry. It makes me on the edge of my seat. I've seen this movie dozens of times throughout my life, Mm. and every time I watch it, I'm still on the edge of my seat. That's the power of what James Cameron is able to present through this movie. And the fact that this took home Best Picture, considering that this might have been the least Oscar-baity movie of that lineup, is really impressive, and everybody still talks about Titanic. Everyone still talks about it. Everyone still celebrates it. I stand by saying that it's James Cameron's best movie of all time. It's Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. It's some of their best work to date. James Horner's score, God rest in peace. One of my favorite scores of all time. Top five endings as well. And the visuals just really look incredible. They still look incredible to this day. There are films that come out now that look shittier than this and this film was 25 years old you would think with the technology that we have now the visual effects nowadays would top the visual effects from the past but (laughs) no some films aren't able to be on the same level as what james cameron was able to do with titanic again there's so much there's so much to be said about this movie that has been said already i've talked about this movie on the podcast to death so many times (laughs) lately i mean it's insane yeah and I'll probably talk about it again down the road when I do a DiCaprio episode, so stay tuned for that. Titanic is one of my favorite films of all time. I love it so much. My love for it grows each, each, each viewing. I cannot believe this one best picture, but at the same time, I'm not shot. And I'm so glad it did because it is one of the best, best picture winners of all time. Yeah. So is Titanic on your list or is it not? It's not. It was. Um. It was definitely on the precipice for me. It was one of those movies I. I really wanted to include because it is genuinely, one of my favorite best picture winners. It just didn't quite make the top five. But, yeah, Titanic, like you said, is it's a marvelous, triumphant, spectacle of a movie. And I also recently, uh, well, actually, I, I never got to see it on the big screen when I was younger. So I went to go watch mm. it in the you know twenty five year anniversary remastered. 4K HD with my partner 
because I I just always wanted to see what the fuss was about uh, about you know back then in 1997. I remember the I just remember I was one of my earliest like memories of like a movie being a moment in culture and um, yeah. like just everyone was talking about it, but I was too young to see it in the cinema. And so yeah, I just wanted to see what the fuss was about, like uh, by watching on the big screen. And I just came out of it like I've seen this movie so many times, and it's like still it still affects me so deeply and so beautifully. And I just went, oh, now I get why like people were crazy <laughs> about it because of the awe and the spectacle. And like you said, it just it does hold up so well the 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 visuals and how they do the ship sinking, like, yeah, they just don't make movies quite like this anymore. And yeah, Titanic really is just, it, I never go back, I never get bored going back to it. It's just, oh, an incredible, incredible piece of work from oh, James it's Cameron. just It's just so good. And honestly, yeah. like a lot of people can be churned off by the long runtime. Yeah. Does the movie feel long? Yes. Does it feel three hours long? Honestly, no, it doesn't. No, it's very well paced. Actually. Like, it's some of the smoothest three hours that I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. Like, and we've gotten so many lengthy movies these last couple of years. Obviously, the new Avatar was over three hours long. The Batman was three hours long. We're about to get John Wick 4, and that's supposedly going to be three hours long, which I don't know how that's going to work. What? But I'm, I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> to see it, though. I, I trust I trust Keanu. I'm excited to see it for that. <laughs> but before we go into our number twos, my favorite memory of Titanic. So I was born in '98. Yeah. My mom was pregnant with me when she when Titanic came out. <laughs> so I like to think that I was one of the first people to see Titanic. She and my dad went to go visit my mom's parents for Christmas, um, and my mom was. When did this come out? December night, and I was born in yeah. March ninety eight. So she would have been pregnant like, when she saw. Yeah, it. yeah, so I would like to think that I saw Titanic right when it came out, and not in I don't know when I first actually saw the movie, like 2011. And yeah, it's just I always find that to be really, really funny. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a way, Titanic might actually be the first movie you were ever like exposed to in a way. And I'm very happy about James that. James Horner's score, like getting through your mom's um, stomach to you. And, oh my God. Yeah. And, <laughs> I'm flying, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Pay me like one of your French girls. Yeah. All these oh things just God. getting through. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. It is uh, iconic. It's just so, I, so I just good. love it. So I love it so much. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so good. Yeah. Me too. Oh, great pick. And now our number twos. We're in the top two now, so this is going to be very, very interesting. I'm really curious to see if we're going to have any films in common. I don't know if we will. We might. <laughs> we'll have to see. So what is your second favorite Best Picture winner of all time? Okay. Uh, well, you know how we were talking before about like films that sort of buck the trend of like what the Academy typically uh, awards your Best Picture? Mm-hmm. Well, this is one of them. Um, it's a movie from the 90s, and it's pretty much the only horror slash thriller to ever win Best Picture at the Oscars. It's, it's a one of a kind, and because it's the only horror thriller to do it, that makes it rare and therefore special. And it's a crowd pleaser, and it's um, uh, Jonathan Demme's Silence of the Lambs. Like, oh. Yeah, oh my days. <laughs> this movie... Oh my god! I just it's it's a I can, I'm just so happy that it's I can call it a best picture film. Like it's like everything about it sh- doesn't sound like a an Oscar winning film in terms of like you know 
a horror thriller about you know an FBI agent re- recruiting the help of a you know a cannibal serial killer to you know find another killer. Um, but yeah, it absolutely works. It's one of those movies that even though you know it's an entertaining movie, there's there's a lot of substance to it. Like it really shows what it's like to be a woman like Clary Starling in a predominantly male workplace. And in a way she really was a game changer for like uh, female roles. And like she really was kind of a feminist icon. Uh, you know, the way that she's presented, the way she carries herself, you know, whether she's a captivating lead, she's brave, but she's flawed and she's also scared. And the movie is just, it's, it's so thrilling and chilling and and I haven't even got to Anthony Hopkins yet, who's not even in it for all that much, but like has probably one of the most impactful, best actor Oscar-winning performances ever. Yeah, it's uh, he, he does so much with very little screen time, so many iconic moments, just the way he holds you in his grasp, the stare, the unblinking stare. Like he doesn't blink once in that movie. You can check. You can check that. And uh, yeah, he. Um, yeah, just the lines, the fava beans and the Chianti and just, yeah, oh. it's just so freaking delicious. Yeah, it's a, it's a great on-screen pairing. One of the best, uh, Jodie Foster and um, Anthony Hopkins. It's also one of uh, three movies to win the big five at the Academy Awards. Uh, best actor, best actress, screenplay, director and picture. The others are One Flew Up the Cougar's Nest and It Happened One Night. So yeah, it's uh one of the f- it's in a very exclusive club like that managed to win those big five, and I think it makes it even more impressive because of its genre. I love that it's defied the odds to to win there. But yeah, iconic pairing of Clarice and Hannibal Lecter. Uh, yeah, it just holds up so well. Like thirty plus years later, I just yeah, I I can't praise this film enough. It's just you know an absolute treat to watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love Silence of the Lambs. That's a fantastic pick. And it's so crazy that a film like that even won Best Picture. The fact that the Academy decided, oh, we're going to award a horror film our highest prize. It's like, yeah. oh, why don't you do that nowadays, Academy? <laughs> like, There's That's so many right. horror movies that come out now that should even be nominated for Best Picture. I mean, listen, I'm still not over the fact that Toni Collette didn't get nominated for Best Actress. Because yeah, quite frankly, she should have won. She should have won Best Actress, but you know that's a different discussion for another time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bring me I, back for I love. I, I love. I love this movie so much, and Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins are both masterful in this film, showcasing some of their finest work to date. And it's just such a delicious film to watch. No pun intended. It's yeah. so. <laughs> so good it's wickedly fun yeah it's so wickedly fun and the first sequence where you like actually see him eating people it's so dark and you're like i can't believe the academy awarded this film best picture (laughs) like you wouldn't even think in a million years that they would give a film like this their highest prize but yeah just comes to show that every once in a while they decide to step out of the norm and give it to something very unique and out of left field and it's like yeah. why don't we do that all the time why do we like why do we have to do that every like five or six years like yeah it's yeah. come on like come on academy it's time to step up your game and give it to other non-baity picks and i'm not saying that all oscar bait movies are bad there's some yeah. that are really good but this was not really an Oscar Beatty film. Like this yeah. was very different from the norm. And 
it's so good, and there's a reason why everybody still talks about it. It's one of the most celebrated horror films of all time, and man, yeah, Anthony Hopkins, the fact that he was only in this for less than 20 minutes and walked away with the Best Actor Oscar, I mean, you could talk about how that's kind of category fraud, but um, it's still a deserving win. Like, he is so freaking good in this movie, and you know, for a long time, I was like, oh, this is probably the best performance he'll ever give, and then he gave us the father, and then we all realized, um, um, that's the best acting. Yeah, he still got it, exactly. He still got it, yeah. And, man, what more could be said about the Silence of the Lambs that has been said already? That's a fantastic choice. Yeah. And that was also right outside my top five for sure. A very inspiring pick. And, yeah, I love, love this movie so, so much. Good, good man, yeah. Just, the quality is just evident. It really is. And my number two is the only time that a fantasy film has won Best Picture. Oh, yeah. And I will tell you that this is the also, well, until Coda, this was the only Best Picture winner that won every single Oscar was nominated for. The difference being that Coda was only nominated for three Oscars which makes it even more shocking that it walked away with the Best Picture Oscar. And this was nominated for 11 and somehow managed to win all 11 it was nominated for. I'm talking about mm. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King from Pierre yes. Jackson. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I recently rewatched the trilogy. I watched all three of them in theaters, and my love for them just grows each and every single view. And this really has become one of my favorite film series of all time. What Peter Jackson was able to do by bringing Lord of the Rings to life was unprecedented and something that we, quite frankly, are never going to get again in blockbuster filmmaking. Maybe no. the closest we'll get to that is Dune with Dune. Denis Villeneuve. Like, that's probably the closest that we'll ever get with presenting this world and just leaving us in awe and telling us this big grand story over the course of multiple films and somehow making it work as well as it does. Yeah. I could go on and on about the technical landscape of these films and just how inspiring there are and the acting and the directing, the writing. I mean, this film is really masterful across the board. What Peter Jackson was able to do by telling multiple stories and presenting them in one film and just leaving you so riveted and captivated is really unprecedented, especially for blockbuster filmmaking. And the fact that this film took home Best Picture... I can't say that I'm too surprised by it, but at the same time, I am. Considering that, again, it's a blockbuster popcorn film. <coughs> and you would think that this would not even take home the Best Picture Oscar. But the fact that it did is really inspiring to me. Mm. Um, obviously, also this being the conclusion to a big trilogy to which all three films were nominated for Best Picture... It's just insane, and you would like to think that, was this film not awarded Best Picture because of the cultural impact of the series, or because the film was that great? And I have to say, it's because that the film was just that great. Yeah. It wrapped up everyone's arcs beautifully. It did what it needed to do for being the finale of a big series. The emotional stakes were very high. You were on the edge of your seat. You had no idea where things were going to go. You felt for the characters. You were on their journeys, following them through the craziness of getting that rain 
and all these other characters through their missions, and I just think that a film like this winning Best Picture is so cool because, again, it's a big popcorn film that's such a crowd-pleaser to audiences who love being entertained and excited by watching the movie, but it's also a great film, period, because, like I said, Peter Jackson is able to find a great balance between giving us this grand scope but also giving us this emotional weight to the characters and the story that is yeah. being that excuse my words that is going on during this movie and i mean the emotions are so high throughout this movie i i will admit i've cried a lot during this movie i'm not gonna I'm shy away from that this movie makes me cry own it mate own it yes. it it's it's a beautiful listen sean astin should have been nominated for best supporting actor could, could i just say that mm. right here please like um yeah. His well, work as Samwise Gamgee was masterful, and especially in Return of the Cane. Like, but I can the carry sequence, you. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it gets Shows, me every and time. Score, and then the score swells up. Oh my god! Oh, just oh my god! So good. And that gifts. and that ended. And the multiple endings in this are great. A lot yeah. of people like to make jokes, say this movie has too many endings, but they're so good though. <laughs> they're know, so yeah. good though. I, and I, the I actual ending it. of this movie is just oh god oh my god age and every time it gets to me and could I, how is this film 20 years old how is this film 20 <laughs> years old i i can't believe that we're now 20 years since this trilogy of movies ended and yeah. i mean i could say a lot to peter jackson for giving us these films to bring them to life but my god this was a very inspiring win for best picture and you know, I can't imagine watching that ceremony that night, walking in and being like, hmm, I wonder if the Lord of the Rings is actually going to take home the award for Best Picture. And the fact that it won all 11 Oscars it was nominated for, I mean, that's incredible. That's yeah. so, so cool. And to this day, there's only been three films that have won 11 Oscars, which is the most awards that a film has gotten. Mm-hmm. So, And those films are this, Titanic, and Ben-Hur. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy that this film even won Best Picture because similar to what Luke was saying about Silence of the Lambs, you would never think that a film like this would even win Best Picture. Yeah. Like this big budget blockbuster, the fact that it took home the award for Best Picture is so incredible and so inspiring to me. I love The Return of the King. I love the Lord of the Rings series in general, but this to me is one of the best Best Picture winners of all time agreed yeah i have i have to say like it's it stands out as a best picture winner for all the right reasons yeah because it's you know it is a you know a big sweeping epic fantasy you know and i'm just so glad that the academy realized you know what they had and how significant this was and just how masterfully and beautifully adapted Peter Jackson did with all three of the films, but yeah, culminating in Return of the King. And it, yeah, it's, it's one of those uh, best picture wins that it just brings a big smile to my face saying, yeah, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King is a best picture winner. That's, yeah, that's something really special. It, it, I mean, it's just crazy that a film like this still gets talked about to this day and you realize yeah. like, not only is it because it's a great blockbuster, but the fact that people talk about it as a great Best Picture winner says a lot. 
about yeah. the legacy that this film has left. I mean, these films have left on us. It's yeah. we're never going to get anything like this again. And I, and like I said, Dune is a close second, but like, yeah, there's still no series to me that has found a way of completely being on the same level as Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, we'll be lucky to see anything come close to it in our lifetime. But, exactly. Yeah. And now our number ones. These are the films that we consider to be our favorite Best Picture winners of all time. I do not think we have the same number one, but I will honestly not be shocked if we do because... <laughs> If this film is not mentioned on Luke's top five, I will be kind of surprised, but we'll have to see. So, Luke, what is your favorite Best Picture winner of all time? Yeah, well, anyone that's uh, familiar with my channel knows just how much I have talked and analyzed and discussed and just, like, gushed over this film. Um, and, you know, it's it's universally loved. It's It's... It's one for the history books and will undoubtedly stand the test of time just because of what its impact was culturally and its significance in the Oscars history alone. And it is, of course, the flawless masterpiece from our man Bong Joon-ho. It is, of course, Parasite. Yeah. This movie is... It was a, it's, a, it's a watershed win first of its kind and the first non-English speaking film to win Best Picture. When it won Best Picture, like it was very, it was coming down to the wire between 1917 and Parasites for the Best Picture win. I shrieked, I screamed, I like, I was so freaking happy. Like this was, like you said, one of those instances where my favorite movie of the year uh, ended up winning. And it, you know, there was no precedent for it to win. We hadn't seen a film like this win before. No, no non-English speaking film had won before. So yeah, this, you know, little Korean movie just kind of took the world by storm. But yeah, Parasite is just one of those movies that it's so freaking special. Like it's a darkly, like darkly comedic and thrilling satire of economic disparity in South Korea. And it's also just simply a lot of fun as well. Like it's a movie that has a lot to say, but I just, it's so entertaining watching the, the scrappy Kim family duping the wealthy Park family. Like, like it's, it's, it's rare to find a film that's this much fun to watch, but has this much to say. Uh, so yeah, it really, it really is just a really fun, enjoyable watch, but you feel like you're actually getting something like, substantial out of watching it and uh yeah every shot of it is just masterful like it's so symbolic it's like the peach scene is one of my favorite sequences oh my god in any <laughs> film ever like it's just a masterful combination of editing and um timing and directing and all of that yeah it's just incredible this movie is it's unpredictable it's it's funny it's poignant, it's original, and I think it's. I think it was just like so lovely that after ninety two years, um, we finally got a um, a, a non English speaking best picture film. That this was the chosen champion to be that to be the film to hold that mantle. Like, I can't think of a better film really. Like to 
to bestow that honor to is just truly something special a movie that just appeals to so many people to to critics to audiences to the industry like it's universally loved and without a doubt the academy unfathomably made the unequivocally made the right decision to ground parasite like is without a doubt one of the best it is the best picture best best picture winner in my eyes like yeah it, it's just I'm done. <laughs> it's just too, it's, it's so good. I've said so much about this movie and I could talk about it for hours. But yes, it's it really is just a freaking masterpiece and I'm so glad it's the best picture winner. Yeah, not to be cliche, but this is also my number one, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, this is a very cliched answer, but there's a reason why everyone picks this as one of the greatest best picture winners, if not the greatest best picture winner, because... Luke was talking about how much of a significant impact this movie had considering the fact that it was the first non-English film to win Best Picture. It's one for the history books. And this small Korean drama, comedy, thriller, whatever you want to call it, took home the Academy Award for Best Picture of all these other movies. You're like, there's no way that they're going to pull this off. There's no way and i'll be honest there was a part of me on oscar night where i'm like i don't know if this is gonna win best picture but i'm holding out hope i'm really holding out hope when it won screenplay i was like okay maybe there's a chance when he won director i knew it was happening i was like okay (laughs) you can't award the director and not give the film best picture like there's no way there's just no way and yeah there's a whole video of me where i squealed with excitement and it was so beautiful like there was a video recorded on i didn't know that there was a video being recorded of me by my then girlfriend recording me screaming and cheering that parasite won best picture i was just like oh my god then i saw the video and i'm like first of all who told you to record this second of all thank you for actually recording this because (laughs) now i have proof of me reacting to when my favorite film of 2019 took home the award for best picture like i said at the top this is the only time in my lifetime where my favorite film of the year also won Best Picture. So not only did the Academy get it right in my eyes by awarding my favorite film, they awarded the actual legit best movie of the year. Yeah. Because how many times can you say that they award the best film? And I know that best and favorite are two different things and everyone has their own different opinions. Some people have set film and as the number one, but Parasite really was the best movie of its year. And the fact that this really entertaining, dark thriller won Best Picture is just so incredible because it's very much out of the norm. It's not the kind of film that you would even think would get nominated for Best Picture. And for me, the fact that it could be a Best Picture winner that's so rewatchable that's saying a lot too because a lot of the best picture recipients how often can you watch a film like um moonlight even though it's so great it's not exactly the happiest movie in the world or how often can you watch a film like 12 years a slave i mean you really can't rewatch that movie over and over again i haven't rewatched that film actually i've only seen it once yeah Uh, i've I've never gone back to it even though i like it and appreciate it i've never gone back to 12 years a slave i just i can't put myself through it again yeah it's not an easy rewatch i can tell you that but um 
But yeah, like Parasite is a film that you can watch over and over again. I, when this came out, Luke, I'm not even joking. I probably saw this about eight times in theaters. <laughs> I wow. saw I it three nonstop. was enough for me. Yeah. I I usually never go more than three when it's a film that I love, but I saw this movie eight times. I uh, I just loved it so much. I remember first seeing this at the New York Film Festival, not knowing what I was gonna get. I hadn't watched the trailer. I didn't know what the movie's about. The only thing I had known was that Bon Joon Ho directed it, and it was getting all this critical acclaim. So when I walked into that screen not knowing what to expect and to walk out of it being like, that might have been one of the best movies I have ever seen in my life. It's a movie that changes I, I, lives. And I was literally I was literally not the same person when I walked out yes. of that screen. Yes. <laughs> I was a completely different person same. because I – I sat down in that movie, and it was a late screen. It was like 9 p.m., and I'm not going to lie. I was a little tired, but then that movie like energized me so much. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in. And as soon as the first sequence where they're planning everything out and each of the family members are making their way into the Park family, I was like, yeah, this is one of the best films I've ever seen. And from there on, yeah. I was like, masterful, masterful. And the okay. fact that this movie – is able to balance so many different tones so beautifully is a massive credit to Bon Joon-ho and his co-writer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're able to do it so well, but this is a great example of genre-bending work. This movie starts off so freaking funny, and then all of a sudden, it becomes so thrilling. You have no idea where it's going to go. You're on the edge of your seat, and you're like, mm-hmm. what happened to us laughing like we were for the last hour. <laughs> and then the movie just ends on an incredible downer. And you're like, oh my God. Like yeah. you're laughing the second it begins. And then you're crying the moment it ends. And you're like, yeah. that is that is great filmmaking right there. And I, I'll never forget being in that crowd for Niff, seeing the movie for the first time. And everyone was just so infatuating and just wowed and in awe and the applause was so freaking loud i don't think i've ever been to a movie where the applause was as loud as it was there and i saw the irishman ads world premiere and niff and don't get me wrong the applause for that was really really high but this yeah. somehow found a way of topping that yeah and the beautiful thing was after the movie there was a q a with bonjour home and the cast i don't know her name i forgot her name uh park sodom um she brought out a basket of peaches and was giving it to the audience and i'm like oh my god this is incredible and you know i never thought that i would see a movie where i would look at peaches in a different way after call me by your name because call me by your name maybe look at peaches in a different way but then i'm like oh yeah maybe there won't be another film like that no parasite now whenever i look Two at years peaches, later. i just think yeah. of this yeah seriously i'm just like oh my god just in crazy it's just so crazy and can we also talk about how ridiculous it is that none of the actors were nominated? Song Kei-ho should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Should have I'm been actually, nominated. I've actually been... This is a topic that's coming up in my um, Best Actress Prediction video. And, like, how, you know, so many others want to see Michelle Yeoh win for everything ever all at once. And, yeah, because of Parasite's massive, you know, success at the Oscars, it's still kind of bonkers that no one from that cast, particularly Song Kang-ho got an acting nomination for it and a one sag ensemble as well so yeah it's, yeah it feels like it's about time really you know that we are celebrating seriously performances, but that's more of a topic for another video but yeah absolutely it's it ridiculous that parasite did not get any love in the acting departments oh god and just yeah. really i just think this is 
this is definitely going to go down in history as the most inspiring and most celebrated Best Picture winner, I think, because, yeah. like, I feel like everyone was happy that this won Best Picture. There was Even no downside to it winning. Yeah, there was, there was no exactly. downside to winning. Yeah. Even if this wasn't someone's favorite movie of that year, nobody was angry that this walked away with Best Picture. Everyone was so over the moon and joyous about this movie. And also, yeah. I like to think that this was the last good moment of life before COVID happened. I mean, it literally was, wasn't it? It was, what, a month it before? Was. Like, we all went into lockdown. Yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, a whole month it, before we went into lockdown. It's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. But man, what an awesome Best Picture winner. What a deserving Best Picture winner. Parasite, I mean, it really has become one of my all-time favorite films. I mean, it recently made it into my top 20 films of all time, and... I'll be honest, I'm not going to be surprised in a few years. It's going to make my top 10 films of all time. Yeah. yeah like, it's... I've seen this film just so many times. It's ridiculous. And my family and my close friends all know that when Parasite came out, I wouldn't shut up about it. There's always that one film that comes out every year where I won't shut up about it for yeah. months upon months upon months. Like, this past year was Tar for me. 2021 was Licorice Pizza. But... Parasite, I think, is the film that I wouldn't shut about the most in my entire lifetime because the fact that my family ended up watching it is just so shocking. My mother loved it. My father loved it. My sister and her fiancé, they loved it. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, my God, literally everybody is loving this movie, and I'm just so happy about it. I'm just like – I'm so glad that everybody is loving this little film that, quite frankly, I didn't know how it was going to sit with mainstream audiences, but again – you haven't come across anybody that doesn't at least like Parasite. Everybody yeah. likes Parasite. It's one of those films, yeah, like you said, even if people don't love, love, love it, they typically enjoy it or at least like it, you know, to a degree. They don't, they don't really say it's a bad film. Like, I've yet to find someone that says, oh, yeah, Parasite shit. Because, yeah. I'm, sure that, I'm sure there's someone out there that there will be, like yeah. it. But uh, nobody got time for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not need you in my life, yeah. Although I've never Ex made my partner Glenn watch Parasite. Um, there's a few movies that I've made him watch and he didn't like, and I was and like I'm a little bit petrified to show him Parasite because I'm like, God, if he doesn't like Parasite, what are we doing together? Yeah, it's like this movie <laughs> is it's too important to me. Yeah, so I'm actually petrified of the day that I actually make him watch Parasite. But yeah, I I I think he would still like it. Yeah, just. Yeah, there's a part of me that's worried they didn't because he didn't like Pan's Labyrinth. And I was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, what am I doing? That's Guillermo's <laughs> best movie. Oh. And uh, yeah, and everyone's entitled to their opinion, but his is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just, just, just facts of facts. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, great stuff. So before we get into talk about some of the films that didn't make the cut, let's recap our list from five to one. So, Luke, what is your list? Cool. So for coming in at number five, I had Casablanca. At four was Barry Jenkins' Moonlight. At three was American Beauty. Two was Silence of the Lambs. And at number one was Parasite. And to recap my list, coming in at number five is The Apartment. Number four is On the Waterfront. Number three, Titanic. Number two, The Lord of the Rings to Return the King. And number one, of course, Parasite. So that is it with our list. So let's talk about some of the films that didn't make the cut. So Luke, what are some best picture winners that you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, um, there was a few actually. Uh, let me just, I wrote them in my notes. Just give me one second. 
so one of them was uh, Schindler's List. I remember that one. That was just on the precipice. Incredible. Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. as well. Titanic. Uh, I'm also, even though it's it's one of those movies that gets a little flat because it beat um, Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction, I still like Forrest Gump, even though you know, some mm-hmm. people would say it's not the best best picture winner. Uh, Bridge Over River Kwai, No Country for Old Men, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Shape of Water, Birdman, Slumdog Millionaire, The Godfather, Part 1 and 2, Gladiator, uh, The Departed, and yeah, that's it. I've also never seen The Sound of Music, which I know some people found very weird. Uh, I know, I know. It's on my, it's on my list. It's like Goodfellas. It's one of those movies that, um, it's shocking I haven't seen it. But you know what, like... It's always it's nice that you know I've got cinematic gems to look forward to watching for the first time. That's my way of looking at it. There's a there's a nice side of like not having seen everything yet because you get the joy of seeing De- it for the first time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, how about you? For What's me, your honorable for me, mentions? Let's see. Okay, so Moonlight, Birdman, Twelve Years a Slave, Sundog Millionaire, No Country for All Men, The Departed, uh, Chicago. I have to give a shout out to. Oh yeah, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, American Beauty, uh, Gladiator, Forrest Gump, which I I love Forrest Gump. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. I know that there are a lot of people that don't like it, but it was I don't just care. a good I'm not year gonna... for cinema. It was a good year for cinema. It was. It was. Yeah. It yeah. was. Uh, Schindler's List. I think is Spielberg's best movie. It's not my favorite from him, but I think it's the best film that he's ever directed. No. I know no. that's like you know a bit of a hot take, but it's it's one of the best. Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Rain Man, I love. I know a lot oh, yeah. of people don't really love that movie, but it's great for me. It's um, an interesting one, yeah, for sure. It is, it is. I need to rewatch Amadeus. I haven't seen that in forever. I'm not. I seen need that, to. So. I I need to give it another go because everybody loves that movie. Um, Terms of Endearment, uh, The Deer Hunter, Rocky, yeah. of course. Rocky was very close to making my top ten. Yeah, total underdog movie, but yeah. Actually, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, the Godfather parts one and two, the French Connection, Midnight Cowboy in the Heat of the Night, and that's it. That's it for cool. me. Yeah, um, there are there. obviously some blind spots that I need to watch. Ordinary People is a massive blind spot for me. I need to. Me too, actually. I need. Yeah. I need to check that out. I like. I have to check that one out. Um, well, that's the movie that Judd Hirsch got his first uh, Best Supporting Actor nomination for. So, mm-hmm. Robin Redford directed it. Yeah, when he got the nom, I was like, I really should watch Ordinary People. Yeah, yeah, I need to watch that too. There's uh, a good friend of the podcast. It's one of her favorite movies of all time. So I need to, yeah. um, I gotta watch it just for her. Plus, my father has been on my butt oh. for however long, saying you need to watch Ordinary People, and I'm like, okay, father, I will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> good on you i just remember there's one more that i forgot spotlight spotlight's a fab one as well yeah, spotlight was so good yeah just incredible movie very powerful and wasn't guaranteed to win either but i'm glad i did yeah i love that michael Keane was in true back-to-back best picture winners yeah i love that too yeah <laughs> it's a fun little i fact, I, I think that's I, I, I think that's just so so cool so yeah. to close out our thoughts on this topic just because a film wins Best Picture doesn't mean that I think it's one of the best films ever made, but there are so many Best Picture winners that I love and I celebrate for being great films and great Best Picture recipients. Just because it has the title 
doesn't mean that I have to love it, but there are so many Best Picture recipients to appreciate and to love and to celebrate. And yeah, I always get interested whenever I see a film wins Best Picture because it's like, oh, I definitely should check it out. And there are still almost 50 films to watch that are Best Picture recipients. According to Letterboxd, I've only seen 50% of the winners. So um, I've literally only seen half. So I need to get on that and watch the rest of them hopefully soon a goal of mine by the end of the year is to watch every single best picture recipient that i haven't seen that's a major goal for me so come next year good go i will have seen every single best picture winner so what are your final thoughts on this topic luke i just me as an oscars enthusiast i just love talking to a fellow you know oscars fan and film fan about it it's just it's just a, a fun topic to talk about as well. Like, what movies were deemed worthy enough for Best Picture? Which ones have you know, lasted? Which ones are the are our favourites as well? And it's interesting that in our fives, we only had one that actually matched, and it was our number one pick as well. So Yeah. For just very illustrative of how freaking awesome Parasite is. But yeah, so many great ones. Um, and I could have done a top ten easily. But yeah, we would have been here for hours. But yeah. Oh, just, absolutely. It was a really good topic. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me on to, to gush about some of my favorite Best Picture winners. Absolutely, Luke. It was such an honor to have you on. Thank you again for coming on. I had a great time talking with you today. Yeah, me too. It's been really lovely. So where could the people find your content online? Yeah, so uh, they can find me predominantly on YouTube. If you just type my name in, uh, Luke Hairfield, H-E-A-R, Field. Yeah, because <laughs> most people spell it wrong. Uh, and yeah, you can find me at, you know, Luke Hifield on Twitter, uh, TikTok, Letterboxd, Instagram, Facebook, wherever your social media needs are met. Um, yeah, so that's where you can typically find me, just at Luke Hifield, YouTube, and all social medias. And you guys can follow me on all social medias at Brian Suffield. You guys can subscribe to the show on any podcast or platform you're listening to. We have a Twitter and Instagram so you guys can stay up to date with what's going on with the show. Please rate and review and share this podcast around. I really appreciate everybody who listens to this. We have a lot of great episodes coming your way, a lot of great content, so please stay tuned for that. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to Film Fragments. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And I will see you guys for the very next episode of Film Fragments. Take care, everybody. Bye.